0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the January 2020 episode of Jazz Talk Seattle. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy my New name year. is Josh. And my name is Max. And can you believe we are starting our third year of this podcast? I can't believe how much time has flown by. I can't either. So today we uh, reach a big milestone for this podcast. It's our first international interview. And we've got on our podcast, John Hansen, all the way in Zurich, uh, Switzerland.
1: Hey, John.
2: Hi. Hi. Hey, thanks for me so, on.
0: <laughs> thank you for coming in, being on this episode. So, John's a fantastic tuba player, composer, arranger, producer, recording engineer. I don't know if there's anything in the music making progress that John hasn't had a hand in before. He's basically a full service music maker. Um, I know him as the tuba, uh, former tuba player in the fabulous Party Boys. He's played with Seattle Symphony, Seattle Repertory Jazz Orchestra. And your resume is incredibly exciting. Thanks. So yeah, thank you for being famous and hanging out with us. No, <laughs> so I'm a uh, fan. <laughs> <laughs> So John used to be here in Seattle and made a bunch of music, and I've played with him and recorded with him before. And you moved to Zurich uh let's see, a year and a half, two years ago?
2: About a year and a half ago, yeah year and a half ago wow that's mm-hmm. so what prompted the move um it was um my wife's work was the main reason and also just kind of change you know um uh trump had been elected recently uh and we were gonna have a third kid and um it seemed like a good time to just change and we might we'll probably move back to seattle sometime um but just adventure i guess is the main reason we moved cool Way cool
0: any definite plans, or is just kind of at some point in the future?
2: At some point in the future, yeah, definitely.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. So, how has that been changed for you musically speaking? Uh, uh, how's the Zurich scene? Are you getting plugged into what's going on there?
2: A little bit. Um, I've been going to like jam sessions and stuff occasionally, but um, I've done more stuff like not in Zurich, I'd say, than in Switzerland since I moved here. Um, but. Yeah, I feel like the scene is strong here. It's um, there's a lot of really good players. There's like a weekly jam session at this jazz club called Moods that I've been going to occasionally and playing at, and um, it's it's great. Yeah, people sound good. They're really nice and supportive to each other. It seems like, and um, but I don't, I'm not like super plugged into it yet. Especially the language barrier is kind of hard to
1: to feel yeah. if you're part of the community. You know, if people can switch to English around you. Well, I've heard um, you you're kind of supposed to speak several languages in that part of the world, is that correct?
2: Yeah, definitely. Like, um Swiss especially here in like Zurich, um, like they speak Swiss German as the main language. And mm-hmm. um German is a different language. It's like a it's like a dialect of German. So like switching to regular German is like a, a chore kind of for them. Mm-hmm. And also they also speak English and they generally speak French too. Um like if you go to public school here, you'll learn like swiss german high german english and french by the time you're like a teenager that's a cool. lot. That.
1: yeah so you said um, uh you said you're doing a lot of things outside of zurich um some
2: yeah where um i'd had a, i played at a um a festival in portugal this fall that was really cool um it's like a low brass festival um organized by sergio carlino who's like i feel like my tuba god you know he's like my favorite tuba that's player awesome um and i played a solo show there of um space tuba this thing i've been working on the last couple of years um <laughs> and it was it was cool it was like a um a concert in like a medieval monastery full of tuba and euphonium and trombone players um it was great yeah um and then i've been doing some composing for other people um and uh i had some music played in london about a month ago um and, yeah, I've, I've mostly just been, um, like, since we moved here, though, we had a baby, thir- another baby right after we moved here. So I've been doing a lot of like, kids since since the move happened. But I'm um, in the next couple of months starting to have more time for music again. So it's looking cool. forward to that. Very okay. Cool.
0: So you mentioned something a little earlier, uh, Space Tuba. So I'm familiar with what this is because I've been watching your YouTube channel, and I think it's great. But for those of our listeners, and I don't know if Max is familiar with it, can you please describe what this means?
2: Yeah. Um, so it's a MIDI controller that um, it's like, you know, light up kind of MIDI controller with uh, 16 buttons and four knobs. Um, when I play tuba, um, I use my right hand, obviously, to use the valves mm-hmm. and my mouth to blow into the horn. But um, your left hand, you can use it to do tuning slides. But um That's, I mean, I do that when I play, but, um, I feel like often your left hand is just kind of sitting there. So, um, with the left hand, I can like, um, do looping. I can change effects, um, do transpose loops, start and stop them. Um, just do all sorts, change all sorts of parameters. And like the show that I did in Portugal, it was the first time I did it where I also had pre-recorded music that I made before the show and Mm. then triggered and Mm. started and stopped it. Cool. Um, Yeah.
0: And this is a custom controller that you designed and built, right?
2: Um, well, so we, um, yes, it's custom that we built it. Um, my wife, she's a computer scientist, and she, like, um, recoded the chip. It's an Arduino, though. It's um, it's like a DIY website thing. I think it's called the um, Adafruit Mini Oonts is the name of the controller. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. So we pre- pre- uh, 3D printed the case for it, and um, my father-in-law soldered it together because I don't know how to do that <laughs> and uh but then yeah i designed like like the uh the use case like like what the buttons should do instead of the default things like that and then set up the um, session in ableton that um, is kind of the brain of what's going on
0: cool and it's always the same session that you use then or um, do you change your controls around between i, between I mean I, I
2: try not to it's like it feels like another instrument you know like it's a lot to keep track of um like i'm definitely more stressed about the controls than the tuba playing when I'm playing it, like it's a lot can go wrong pretty easily. So, uh-huh. um, so I try not to mess with it too much. I, I might change like the effects that I'm using or like the pre-recorded things that are gonna play while I'm playing. But yeah, um, it can really really mess with me <laughs> if I change the buttons around too much. That is really cool. Uh, I'm assuming that was used on your record. No, actually, no. Yeah, no. Um, uh, the record is really just me kind of diving into recording studio magic just um Mm. it's like a um kind of reimagination of brass ensembles and the way um it's kind of all about process is kind of how i thought about it nice so we haven't actually mentioned the record
0: yet until now and so i guess it requires a little bit of an introduction John Hansen just put out uh, his first, is that right? Solo record? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's called Metallurgy, and it came out, I think, December 2019. It's Mm -hmm. out on Bandcamp and out on streaming. And it's fantastic. I'm Thanks. pretty excited about this record.
1: Is it Metallurgy or Metallurgy? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think Metallurgy, I think. <laughs> nice. Metallurgy.
2: I
0: cool. could be as pronouncing Metallurgy
1: note... wrong, though, so who knows? Let's go with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your album. You get to call yeah, it whatever you I mean, want. Yeah, it, This is true. It becomes a canonical <laughs> title. <laughs> yeah. uh, as an aside, I'm, for some reason, really into album titles that are uh, not one of the songs in the record. I just like that as a concept Uh, why did you pick this as a name
2: um so the music on the album generally all has like multiple brass instruments on it that are heavily affected Mm -hmm. so it's the idea of like taking metal and um heating it up and changing it into something different um cool kind of not like taking something and cha- and uh changing its fundamental form and switching the roles around and um kind of making it a different thing that's the idea yeah nice
0: well let's uh check out one of the songs right now yeah uh, that's a good idea this song that uh john you asked us to play is called uh, i'm not sure what i'm supposed to say so <laughs> yeah. let's give it a spin
1: I'm gonna go crazy cool song um thanks i have several questions but the first of which uh this is a solo record correct um it's in the
2: sense that like i um it's a solo record but it doesn't all feature the tuba it's more like a solo yeah of uh compositionally but the ensemble is very featured in it yeah
1: okay i was gonna ask if you were also playing drums on this no asan creamy plays drums on this
2: okay so there is an
1: actual live drummer playing okay yeah i was gonna say on some of the tracks on this record, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there might be programmed percussion yeah. or, or drums. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But this track specifically has a, a drummer. Yes. A good, a very yeah. good drummer named Jason. Yeah. it's a great guy.
0: Yeah. I'm not enough of a percussion person to be able to tell that there's pre-programmed percussion. <laughs> well, I was about to be
1: very impressed if this was a pre-programmed percussion no. track. No, that would be... Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. Um, although it's interesting, but... Um, um the way this song was written was basically i mean it was written in a large sense by a because um so he came into the studio and and you know just kind of played songs basically without just, just to a click track without any mm-hmm. just i gave him like loose idea for like feel and um what to do and like a form but not always a form and
0: was he the first person to record at this point he like he has yes. nothing in his headphones right? yes
2: nothing at all just a click and whoa um, um, and it's cool how much like energy he put into it and imply how much form he implied and, um, all the different sections. And it was just, it's just amazing. Like I was, I was really blown away by his playing. And so then I took, um, his playing and then I, um, kind of mapped the transients from his kick drum, um, and made a, a rhythm for the bass line, and then, Wrote the bass line based off of his kick pattern throughout the song, and it changes with it. Cool. Um, and then I recorded tuba to line up with the kick, and just um, kind of wrote the song all around his drum playing. Um, so, uh, yeah.
1: If you don't mind me asking, what what exactly were the parameters that you gave him to to start with? Um, I can't remember. So I, a number of these songs, I think probably
2: I think two or three of these songs were like that. Um. Um. I think it was like um, this one, I think I said, I said to play more choppy than usual um, to like, to do <laughs> cool. more ridiculous fills that, you know, it might seem not musical <laughs> sometimes, but like, just go for it. Um, and to have sections that are bigger and smaller, eight bar phrases, um, you know, 16 mm. eight, eight bar um, energy sections, you know? Um, and I think also kind of like, maybe like a James, Brown like, that kind of thing, you know, um, that kind of snare kick pattern type thing. But, um, he changed it like a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I can't remember. It was a couple years ago, but yeah. So very cool.
0: Did you chop up his, uh, drum track at all to mess with the form or is it pretty much Um, you have his drum track and everything is laid on top of that? I,
2: I think, I think I might've like cut out like, Eight, eight or 16 bars or something, but I might not have too. um, uh, I can't remember at this point. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> well, that's yeah. a really, uh, cool and interesting way to go about composition. I feel like yeah. it, um, uh, mirrors a lot of what's going on in the music world these days with like the whole social media mashup culture thing where people like see a video of, uh, yeah, some drummers on bass player playing cool funky licks and uh videoing themselves playing playing an overdub over it and it yeah sounds like you took this technique and really really ran with that that's cool yeah
2: i actually did like um most of the album like that in a way in the sense of um like there were some sections that i composed you know like i wrote out um parts for people to play but most of it's not like that actually like most Mm. like this song in particular um like i said i took the um the baseline completely from the kick pattern. I just, I, just, I don't right. know about the harmony, obviously, but the, um, um, the, the chords you hear, you know, um, yep. But the song, um, they are all trumpet. Okay. Um, that has been, like, he played a part that I wrote out based off of the bass line that I played then. It's, like, a really, like, stacking building process for this. Um, gotcha. And, and Ray Larson's played trumpet on this? Yeah, Ray Larson, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, also a former guest on this podcast. And he... Um, That's right. He, um, uh, and then I, I transposed his playing, so it's, like, is the chords... Uh, so he played one note, and then I transposed it so it is the chords of, of the song. And then um also um had it so it was like very reverb and it just fills up the whole bar each time huh and, Wait. so
0: is he only playing one of those notes and yeah. you just double it up and transpose
2: yeah and then also you know how it's rhythmic you hear the rhythmic thing yeah. happening mm-hmm. that that's completely like just uh like a side chain gate from the snare drum it's com- the rhythmic is completely whoa. triggered by the drums as is the bass line whoa um is he just playing drones then, and they're sidechained in? I think he. I think he played like like, he kind of played like uh like a note at the beginning of each bar that was short, but then it was very reverbed, like a, like or maybe a reverb and delay I together see. or something. Um, yeah, that was the wow uh, process. For that's that. truly so. so all, actually, all very all the sounds magical studio the tricks. Song. Yes, but yeah, that's the whole like kind of the idea of the album um, and like, on that song, I think all the sounds come from drums trumpet and tuba except for like two trombone notes other than that and there's no other sources of sound it's kind of cool it doesn't sound like it necessarily wow did you feature any other uh musicians or seattle
1: musicians on this record yeah
2: yeah definitely yeah quite a few um yeah devon lewis plays on um i told you and um love each other the um cool um and rachel nesvig the string player she plays on um love each other also um Jason Cressy, the trombone player, plays on a lot of things. He plays, he, he like has a pretty major role on the album. Um, Scott Morning, the trumpet player, he plays in um, uh, polyrhythmics. He's on brass major and um, I think and another one. I should get the list out, but yeah. Um, also, uh, Elliot Gray plays piano on the second song, um, "Freshly Dad's Club." Um, <laughs> I and, love that title. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh. Also, oh Stephen Bell. Um he played Vibraphone on Utleyburg. And cool. um Yeah, there's a number of I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Um, yeah. So
0: going back to the song that we just listened to, uh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say. Where's the where do your titles in general come from? And where did this one come
2: from? Um this one came from I feel like um so for this one I The process, you know, like I said, like Asun played and then I just kind of like took his things and I just kind of like filtered it down into a song. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say is kind of that. It's like um, I'm not coming in with like a clear idea of what it's going to sound like, but like I'm kind of taking the material that I have and turning it into something. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, that's kind of where the name came from.
1: So for a song like this that has an enormous amount of, of studio work put into it, Mm-hmm. What would you say the time ratio between actually playing instruments in the studio and messing with things in the studio is? Um, hmm, that's a good
2: question. Probably, um, probably like
1: 20% playing and 80% messing with things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. See, I think most people, when they think of music, they, they imagine people just going into the studio and then it kind of being done, but they never to really like, realize that, and especially in this case uh, the vast majority of of the work is actually after the music has been played yeah i mean it's um in it, it's interesting I,
2: I like with this album i was thinking you know i tried to get a lot of my like most favorite musicians in seattle to play on it and when you think about the amount of time that goes into it like all the years they spend practicing their instruments and um, the the, the time that I've spent playing music with them and like developing a vocabulary with them. Um, like that is time that um, it's not really quantifiable, but like um, when you think like, then I can give someone instructions and they know exactly what I mean and they just improvise it. And it turns out to be pretty much what I was hoping for. Um, like that, I consider that kind of the time in the studio, if that makes sense. Um, Cause it's like oh, yeah, collaborative totally. and um, um, it, yeah, it's, uh, the source is really, like, um, curated through, like, the relationships and, like, the, the work that they put in, you know, throughout their life uh, about music. Definitely. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Josh and I both know this, but I don't know if our listeners do. You, in Seattle, you had your own studio, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we actually both got a chance to record there. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, yeah. Is that something that most people might be able to do, or would that be maybe prohibitively expensive if you don't have your own studio?: You mean to, um, to do, the amount I of, time, kind of the like ca- this, where, amount of time that I did? Oh, um, Yeah, I or think you could just go in and then make an album mostly in the studio. I think most people could do it because um, it wasn't like so most of, I mean the
2: work of um, like tracking everybody, that had to be done in a studio. But Correct. um everything else could be done on a laptop. Like um and actually some of it was done on my laptop after I moved here to Zurich. Um oh, very cool. Um yeah, I, I mean it's kind of like a um you know, like a laptop producer approach really, um, where you're just like spending a lot of time drawing notes and um <laughs> like doing things with headphones on that doesn't really need to be in a recording studio given the age we live in now. Mm. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, I've definitely seen um, a rise of many, many more people, many more musicians, and even just in Seattle specifically, having access to uh, like bedroom studio type stuff and recording things. We like oh, we were yeah. just talking to somebody yesterday who who has a bunch of equipment that's doing
2: recording too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I feel like these days, so many um, projects are done where they overdub things and multitrack record them. Mm -hmm. that like, you know, a lot of the studios in Seattle are um, like really big studios with multiple rooms and um, where it's great. If you want to record a band playing at the same time and be able to edit after the fact Mm -hmm. um, individual parts, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's important obviously to like record in a good room with good mics and preamps and stuff and someone with good ears, you know, um, engineering it. But after that, it can be done like the post stuff other than maybe mixing and mastering can be done every anywhere, you know? Um, Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, like for really for this album, I think probably like two days of studio time and like a good room could have done it. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's yeah.
2: It's definitely a different
0: way of making music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Not the
2: whole everything. Yeah.
0: So speaking of being able to work everywhere, uh, I guess that kind of unlocks the ability to work uh, with people that you're not in the same place as. And mm-hmm. is that something that you've been able to do? Um, I mean, obviously this project kind of, but um, yeah. Is that something you're doing more of? Or are you still able to work with Seattle musicians and connections you have here?
2: Um, a little bit. I mean, um, so... Yeah, I can do like mixing and mastering. Um and I think yeah, I played um I guess on your song, Josh, uh like uh, it the big band songs you just recorded, how <laughs> short. Skylark, yeah. Yeah, Skylark I played a little trombone on that here. Um uh and yeah, I've been mixing for people in the US still, like in uh like there's like a classical tuba album I just like um did the engineering for. Two of them this year actually from Zurich that were recorded in Pennsylvania. Um wow. and um, did you play on that as well no just uh a uh, uh zach collins he's a professor at um, Indiana university of pennsylvania like um great to a player is his album um, cool. there. Hmm. yeah um yeah uh, yeah but yeah mixing definitely can be anywhere and that's, that's a lot of fun
1: very cool yeah. well uh do you want to listen to our th- the, the second song we were kind of going to focus on today check that one out for a second yeah that is uh Brassman Starship part 1.
2: Or P- yeah, it's supposed to be I think Spotify like mislabeled it. It's supposed to be PI like a private investigator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. On, on Spotify part it's was, part 1 uh... and on like Bandcamp it's PI. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, well let's yeah, get we that the inside spin. scoop. Yeah.
0: Okay, there's clearly a lot of space and starships going on in this yeah. composition. <laughs> definitely. Uh, where are all these incredible noises coming from, John?
2: Um, oh, all the sounds come from uh, trumpet, uh, Ray Larson, and Jason Cressy on trombone, and myself on tuba, um, Ace on drums, again. And um, then I programmed some drum machine things in there, too. Um, cool. Yeah, hmm. that's it. Yeah. It's um, so like the... Um, trumpet is like very delayed and kind of overdriven and, um, I see. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sounds like it's feeding back a lot of the time and there's, um, yeah, the trombone has a lot of other things. The the effects on the horns change a bit throughout the song as well. Um, Yeah. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, um, just the melody throughout the song. Um, this kind of like sounds kind of distant and kind of has harmony in it. That's tuba all
1: the way through. Wow. Whoa. Um, so throughout this record, and including the song, I've heard references to many different kinds of music, from J Dilla style hip hop to trap beats to like Indian classical vocal inflection type things to uh, folk pseudo folk melody type things. I mean, you've kind of gone all over the map yeah. with your influences here yeah um was was this kind of like a tour de force of your your influences or uh
2: i don't know um just kind of stuff that popped into your head or yeah um like i i really (laughs) tried to like have it be um uh music that i wasn't bored listening to like as i was making it it was really iterative you know when you make music this way um definitely not boring music yeah that's good yeah and uh so um Because I would, you know, if you're like a, if you're composing it as you're engineering it, um, you listen back a lot of times um, throughout the process, and I I I did a lot of stuff on here that I just got rid of, like pretty far along in the process, um, because it just, um, yeah, I just I just like listening to it, I guess. Um, So it's kind of all like unified in the sense that like it's these instruments playing, but. Yeah, I guess stylistically it's pretty all over the place. (laughs)
1: What was the uh, the bass composition
2: for this one? Um, It was... So it was drums. Like, Aeson, again, played drums. Um, I I think I chopped it up a bit more on this one. Um, So you started with drums again? started with drums, yeah. And then I um, improvised tuba over it, which is the melody you hear. Um, Very cool. And I think I just did, like, one or two takes and um, just just chose one of them. And that was the base for like the shape of the song and also the, um, the harmony. Um, and then I made the bass line based on the harmony of the melody, uh, cool. the implied harmony. And, um, then Ray and Jason came in separately and just kind of played over it like a lot. And I just, um, chose the parts that I thought worked best. And, uh, I see. And, and so
0: them. their parts are fully improvised and you chop yeah.
2: them up afterwards. Everyone's fully improvised. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. A a lot of this album is like that. Um, I the idea behind that was that I feel like a lot of these players, um, I mean, you know, they can read obviously, but like um, I really like the way that they improvise, and that's why I wanted to have them on the record. And so I thought giving them kind of direction, um, and then just letting them play however they want is going to be better than anything that I write for them, you know? Um, So then I can just um, select the parts that I like the most (laughs) and then go with that. Um, And I'm pretty, I'm happy with it. Like, I feel like the playing everyone did on the record is like, I'm, I was really happy with and impressed by and like grateful to have on, on the album.
0: That's a really, really cool way to go about things. It's not uh, a type of composition that I've ever, or style of composition that I've ever approached, but maybe I'll give it a shot sometime. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's fun. I mean, I I feel like um, also like, I guess back to the question about like influences, like I I feel weird, like putting out an album that has my name on it, maybe because like I'm a tuba player and um, uh, I played, you know, I played a lot of classical music and other styles and it's hard for me to pick like a style that I feel like is like the one thing that I play. You know what I mean? Uh, like the one thing that I do. And it's like, I put my name on. And so, um, every time I started to like write music for this, um, I kind of got blocked feeling like, Oh, I don't know if I really want to do that. And like overthinking it. So then I think I just kind of like decided to just kind of think more generally and think about the players instead of the, like writing everything out in finale or something. And, uh, going with that.
1: Why do you feel like you have to have one thing that you're known for? um it's i guess because so as like a like with tuba
2: most tuba players that put out albums they put out like an album of um tuba and piano playing like classical music or mm-hmm. they play in a band um and yeah, there i don't aren't... really
1: know too many solo tuba players <laughs> yeah
2: to be honest yeah exactly yeah so um I guess I was thinking that like, if I make a, an album that's like really creatively driven by me, um, it's kind of like a producer album more than a tuba album. And at that point, it's like an album of compositions kind of, if that makes sense, um, hmm. where you focus on the composition and like the, um, the ensemble more than you might on the tuba playing. Like I hoped you would on this album. <laughs> uh, and so um, I think, like for example like since i did this i also like recorded an album of just like lullabies on the piano and like did i'm doing an album that's like much more like um soft i guess this is pretty maximalist music all of this um mm-hmm. and Fair also like i might like, <laughs> like if i think about like the the next projects that i would do would be like probably totally acoustic at least a couple of them you know um and so I feel a little uh, overwhelmed by like picking a thing that um, is like cohesive enough for it to be an album. Um, And uh, because I, there's a lot of stuff I want to do, you know, Um, like not just in one style.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: So would you make another record like this? Do you think Uh, like, Oh, with the process, yeah, the process, especially the the improvisational
2: composition. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely would. I I really like doing it. Um, I yeah, totally. It it takes. Um, um, I think I did it a lot more slowly than I would have normally, just because it was like in the middle of moving and having a baby and all this other life event stuff that happened. But um, <laughs> that's quite a lot of things to be happening while trying to produce a record. At the yeah, same time. yeah. So I. Yeah. um But um, yeah, it was like it was a lot of fun, um, and it yeah fit my schedule, and yeah, I'm happy with how it turned out. So definitely,
1: yeah. Um, Very cool. I I wanted to ask really quick. Um, we've clarified the title um to private investigator instead of part one (laughs) yeah but um that still doesn't really bring a clear image to my brain what is a what is a brass man starship private investigator (laughs) yeah yeah i guess
2: uh it just i feel like the music sounds kind of sneaky to me like kind of like (laughs) someone's like sneaking around in the dark uh in the But but it's like, it's like a 1920s style starship, kind of like a, maybe like a, you know, steampunk, sneaky, private detective type thing. (laughs) Like, okay. um, That's, that's kind of, I guess, where, where the name come from. For some reason, it just really had that vibe to me. Like a lot of shadows, cool. like film noir type thing.
0: I really need this to be like a comic book or a <laughs> yeah, indie animated film or something. No, that sounds cool.
1: This is yeah. great. Yeah, I had a, uh, a a whole different weird vision in my head. But I'd to love involve, to hear what like, it is. Parts of Star Trek and like things like that but
2: cool kind of like maybe like uh (laughs) like data when he's in the holodeck doing some kind of detective work type
1: thing oh to be honest i was imagining like a really weird version of commander Riker playing his trombone like (laughs) on the enterprise um anyway (laughs) (laughs) this is awesome
0: (laughs) cool cool yeah so uh we're not going to necessarily put it on right now, but I did want to know about freshly dad's club that you recorded with Elliot gray. Yeah. So both of you are, well, I guess you're not a new dad anymore, but relatively maybe at the time when you were recording.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think Elliot had had his son um, maybe like a year earlier or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we were neighbors um, in Seattle. Um, and, he came over like we would often, you know, like get together, and like play FIFA and stuff after the kids go to sleep. And it just it was nice to have like a friend that's like also kind of a young dad and like a musician that I knew outside yeah. of being a parent. I think in Seattle, like most parents most people are older, at least when they have kids, more than more than at least older than I was. And um so it was just like uh it's nice to have a friend that's like going through some of the same stuff, you know. And, uh, and so he came over and like one night after the kids were asleep and recorded piano, um, uh, on this song and he just like, he just straight up played the song on the piano (laughs) and then, um, and this is like very much like a co-production of him and I, um, he, then we like went through and, um, kind of played midi bass over it and drums and we sang over it together and clapped and I played tuba on it afterwards. Um, Mm,
0: I was going to ask where the vocals came from.
2: Yeah. Um, the the vocals came from us actually like singing together. Um, (laughs) like with almost no plans, just like, let's let's just sing and see what happens. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like I think we started laughing like three quarters of the way through, but I kept most of that in. Um, And, yeah, it kind of captures, like, the energy of the time, I feel like. It was a a lot of fun making that song.
0: That's a really cool – the really cool story. It sounds like a wonderful musical vignette of, yeah, of a time. Yeah.
1: That's really awesome. I have one more um, personal question. Mm -hmm. It's not really personal, but uh, were you – I noticed that you played with Heat Warmer. Were you in the extended universe horn section? No, no i just
2: i just um recorded um like a song for their i think it's their last album oh yeah. okay yeah i
1: wasn't sure if the universe starship uh thing was kind of a theme oh. with your your uh brass career or not but no but yeah no i um yeah i think i um
2: heard them like right when i moved to seattle um and yeah as a fan i like their uh especially like their burping christmas music I'd say
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was a fun project.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah.
0: So, uh what uh what is next for you musically speaking? Are there you mentioned kind of alluded to a couple projects you're working on already, but can you give us a little bit more detail on what's yeah. going on?
2: Yeah. Um so there is a another two a player from originally from Seattle, he lives in New York now. I'm um, John Hill. I don't know if you know him. Um and he and i are making we made an album that is like kind of uh electro classical kind of um has some awesome. beats but mostly like has Whoa. like like it's um either like string instruments and things um playing um in a way that's um kind of like they're almost sampled but they we really recorded them and stuff um and um i'm we're meeting him next week in paris to record a second album of that um the first one will come out soon too i guess we're kind of getting ahead our, of ourselves by recording the second one already but um and then i'm i'm starting a, a i'm going to start a group here um sometime in the next like 4 to 6 months that'll be acoustic um probably like tuba saxophone a string instrument and piano and maybe percussion is the idea um cool yeah, kind of like um through composed, improvised classical music. Yeah.
0: Wait, through composed slash improvised? Yeah, Those like at they're at odds with each other.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess like, you know, um you have sections that are improvised within them, but like they're the songs have a shape that's um not like a repeating form.
1: Like gotcha. A, yeah, like a structure. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And wow, then,
1: that sounds
0: yeah. really exciting.
2: Yeah, I um and then i i think i'm going i'll probably go back um i might do some step more stuff in portugal too with sergio in the next year or so while i'm here um because nice yeah the tuba stuff it's good always good cool
0: those yeah. sound like really exciting projects. I'm looking forward to hearing them and checking them out. Thanks. Where yeah. can uh, people follow news on your musical comings and goings? And, yeah. and also, where can they listen to this fantastic oh, album named Metallurgy?
2: Yeah, um, so bandcamp.com, um, I think, slash, slash John Hanson um, cool. is my album. And then I think my Facebook page, John Hanson Music, is also has like most things as they come up i do a lot of like tuba like you know like multiple tuba videos and um then also my website johnhansenmusic.com has a more fleshed out version of everything going on for me yeah
0: awesome well thank you so much for joining us all the way from zurich mm-hmm. and
1: uh yeah well thanks thank a lot for having me else yeah <laughs> great to hear really cool album john thanks
0: cool, cool. thank you everybody mm-hmm. else for listening uh if you want to find more episodes you can look up jazz talk seattle on soundcloud facebook um and anywhere else you get your regular podcasts goodbye everybody bye